Welcome to Rethink Retirement, a Next Up podcast. We're here to show you how you can use your skills and experience as you move into mm, retirement or unretirement, as we like to call it. I'm Victoria Tomlinson. And I'm Trevor Hatton. And for regular listeners, you'll know that every episode we invite a guest to share their story of leaving a traditional working life and starting new things. And personally, I know what a challenging time this can be. So we hope that these episodes will give you ideas and perhaps inspiration if you're finding things a bit harder than you expected at this time. And today we're delighted to welcome Nayli Valinden. Now, Nayli doesn't fit our normal brief, not least because she's very young, um, but also because she's doing different things. She's not really into, oh, this is a, such complicated language, isn't it? But not into kind of what traditionally we think of as that sort of retirement stage. Um, I met Nayli because she reached out to me after I did a TEDx talk earlier this year. And she asked me to come and talk about what the wasted talent of the 50 plus generation. And I was just really interested in why would somebody so much younger be interested in this? So Nayli, welcome. Thank you very much, Victoria, Hi. Trevor. Hi, Nayli. It's great to meet you. Um, I, this is my first time or our first time that we've met. Uh, Victoria told me all about you. It's very intriguing. So I just wanted to ask you if you wouldn't mind kicking off with um, your background and you know how you transitioned into what you're doing now. Absolutely. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll give you the the short version uh, then. Um, so I uh, started working in 2010. Uh, so that was in the aftermath of the of the of the crisis that started in 2008. I started working in investment banking, uh, not because I studied uh, finance or because I had a particular interest in that, to be honest, but because um, I wanted to live and work in Paris. I had just done my studies there and they were looking for somebody who spoke Dutch and French. So I ended up working in a German investment bank in Paris, which was a great, by the way, first uh, professional experience. Um, I learned a lot. I had lovely colleagues. But after a while, I started wondering, OK, is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? Then I moved to London, actually, uh, because at the time I had an English boyfriend and we had been doing the back and forth traveling between Paris and London for a while. So um, I got another job in the same bank in England this time, and uh, I found myself working in the city of London. So all of a sudden I had to be at work between 7, 7.30 in the morning and stay there until 7, 7.30 at night. Um, I absolutely did not enjoy that. I literally walked in the office in the morning and I looked at the clock and I told myself, okay, Lily, still 11 and a half hours and then you can go home. So this accelerated the whole process of, okay, is this really what I want to do? And so after a year, I was almost depressed probably, and I decided to just resign. I had no idea what on earth I was going to do next. I, I remember my colleagues actually back in the day, they didn't believe me. They told me like, how, how, what do you mean you don't know what you're going to do? You're never going to find another job that's going to pay this well, blah, 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 blah. So I uh, still resigned. I had no clue. I just started working for several uh, startups in London because there were a lot of startups uh, in the time. Probably now there still are to just see and figure out as I as I go if I would enjoy something like that. Um, not really. And then at some point I, told, I asked myself, what do you enjoy? And I always enjoyed writing a lot. So I started writing and I uh, started a blog like many of other, many other people, of course, but just to have this, this, this thing that pushed me to regularly write 
to also find the discipline to do that on a regular basis. And of course, to at some point, if somebody would approach me to do it professionally, I could show them my portfolio. And so that happened. At some point, I got my first writing gig paid. And it was for a company that was working in the recruitment technology space. And so there you have my very first steps into the world of uh, HR, HR tech, recruitment tech. Uh, and a little while later, I got in touch with the two gentlemen that launched what is now the Academy to Innovate HR. And so we started working together. And here we are, uh, I think, another six, and, six, seven bit years later. And I'm still in the world of HR and HR technology. So that is it in a nutshell. Oh, I love that. Um, gosh, there are a lot of things I want to come back to later because this bit about asking, is this what I want for the rest of my life? I think that hits people normally a bit later on in life than you, Nayli. So we could talk about that. But at the moment, I want to know, um, we are doing this slightly differently from normal. So what was it that interested you in the 50 plus generation when you came to me? You, I remember what you were saying about the TED talk and, and that it really resonated lots of things. So what is it that you've been thinking about this generation? Yeah, I, I this is a great question. And obviously, uh, the fact that I knew that you were going to ask uh, this question forced me to think about it, uh, which was actually an interesting process, because it made me realize that, that this has been something that I've, I, I feel very strongly about. And I, I think I found three, three elements here that that um, contribute to that. And the first one is, um, I worked for a company uh, in France uh, that's called Talentsoft, and they're also uh, in the world of HR and the future of work. And one of the founders of the company, his name is uh, Alexandre Pashulski, he really was the visionary of that company. And so he talked a lot about, you know, how, how the future of work could look like and in a very ideal, idealistic but always positive way. And um, he was the first one that I heard mention the term um, Ikigai. I don't know if you have yes, ever... Yes, Japanese. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah, so so maybe for, for the listeners um, that, that haven't heard about it. So in a nutshell, Ikigai is something that uh, comes from Japan. Uh, it is a bit of a philosophy or, or a way of life, or maybe it's both. Um, and what people have found is that there's this island of Japan. It's called Okinawa. And people, uh, they tend to get really old. Like uh, there's a lot more people than average that get to 100 or even older. And so they started looking into what do these people do? And that's how I think the whole Ikigai came into place. So there's just different elements to it, but if you Google it, you will find that the first rule of it says, always stay active, never retire. Yeah. And while I'm saying that, I'm actually, I'm getting these, these goosebumps again, because that's the first thing. And then but Ikigai itself, I think what it's about is that there's a sweet spot between what you're good at, what you enjoy doing, uh, what you can get remunerated for and what society needs. And so the intersection of all these is your ikigai, it's your purpose, it's whatever, what makes everybody unique. And so um, I heard him talk about that and especially this element of never retiring really stuck with me because I think that that is probably what, what, what in an ideal world, and I mean, let's aim for that ideal world, what would be fantastic. Um, if, if everybody could find that ikigai, that sweet spot, because that also would mean, I think, that nobody would actually really be working another day in their lives again, you know, and I know this is very maybe far out, mm -hmm. but so that's what he was talking about a lot. And so this is the first time I thought, okay, but this makes total sense, because then if we make it a little bit more practical, and if we, you know, take it back to, let's say, society, and we talked about it, Victoria, when you were on the podcast that, that mm -hmm. I am hosting, mm -hmm. is that if people would never retire, and I mean, we're not saying with this, I think that people should always stick in a job that they're very unhappy and definitely not. 
But if people would stay active, we would have a lot less health issues. We would have a lot less lonely people. You know, we would, I think we would literally live in a very different world. Can I go back to you for for a second? Because you're absolutely right about doing things that you feel uh inspired by you know having a sense of purpose um now you're you've changed quite a lot i mean but you're not in full-time traditional employment which you used to be and you must have had ups and downs um so maybe you could just tell us a little bit about the the kind of emotional side of the journey yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it it definitely was uh, was was quite an emotional uh, roller coaster, so to speak. I, I remember that that for, that was also my first year living in London. Uh, I was not uh, a pleasant partner for my now ex boyfriend uh, at all during that first year because of this. Um, because I, I think there's two sides to it. Mainly for me, anyhow, there's like your own worries. And, and fears and questions. And then there's everybody else's worries and fears and questions. Um, so I, I'm also not sure if I re- would recommend people to to share their ideas or, with everybody right from the start, because you, I got a lot of, like my colleagues, how they responded, right? So why would you, why would you do that? Do you even know what you're gonna do? Yeah, but you you haven't you haven't done any education. You, you only ed- educated in this or this. You know, um, you will never earn the same amount of money, etc., etc., etc. That's not very helpful, especially if you know you're you're literally taking a leap of faith. Um, however, for me, at some point, it became it just like I physically felt the pain of like looking at that clock every single day and I literally felt like that my time was ticking away I could feel it in my body and at some point I just thought okay I don't I don't care anymore I just need to get out of here because otherwise um, this is not gonna end well so I just resigned and yeah I think this is a process and probably some people will you know for, for, for them this will take a little bit less time and for others it will take longer uh, but I do think it's it's a personal process for everybody yeah, and I think a lot of people listening to this, so most of the people listening are going through some kind of transition from full-time life into retirement, unretirement, whatever we're talking about. This bit about, I can't do this anymore, I think it hits a lot of people, um, but it's quite scary to leave that comfort zone, the blanket, if you like, of regular money. Will I have enough? Um, and, you know, this bit about, I'm sure loads of people have, I remember my husband leaving the law a long time ago to do other things. And, you know, his parents were the ones, my parents, they didn't understand him leaving a really safe environment. And he was he was older than you were when he did that. And I think people question and challenge this because you're outside the norm and it's almost making them feel a bit afraid. So going back to this 50 plus generation then, Naily, looking in your crystal ball, because you're doing a lot around the future of work. Where do you think things are going? What what do you think the issues are at the moment for them? And what do you think will change? And what should HR people think about for the future? Specifically for, for, for people that might be nearing retirement or might have just retired, um, I think I want to start, I think, with something that hopefully is positive. Uh, and I really hope that for most people it is. It is that you really now have this fantastic opportunity mm-hmm. to 
to start experimenting, to start asking yourself those questions like, okay, what is it that I really enjoy? For me, it was writing, but for somebody else, it might be coaching a local football team or a local basketball team. I don't know. There's something that everybody would really enjoy doing. So you now have this opportunity, um, hopefully at least, because you do not need to worry as much about the financial side of things anymore, because hopefully you have, you know, that that's taken care of. And then I would just say, just start whatever it is, because really nothing can, nothing really can happen. I mean, yeah, you can, you can realize that maybe uh, this is not for you. And then you try something else until you do find something that really makes you very happy and that you enjoy doing a lot. So that's, I think the first thing I want to say, because I think this is a fantastic opportunity. I think coming back to your question, Victoria, um, about what am I thinking for the future when it comes to 50 plus generation? Well, I do see, and I think that both of you probably see it a lot more even, I do see a lot of people that actually don't want to stop working. Uh, They might not continue doing exactly the same, but they start new ventures. They start doing all kinds of businesses and they are really, really enjoying it. And I expect to see a lot more of that because quite simply, we are, most of us, we are just getting older and older and we want to stay active. So in that sense, I'm also super optimistic. I think for HR, um, more specifically, and we discussed about we we discussed that as well briefly. I remember Victoria is that I think there it starts really with the awareness, the awareness of the fifty plus generation in the organizations. I think it's this is perhaps lacking still in a lot of organizations, mm-hmm. um, and there I think not specifically for HR, but for everybody in an organization. I think one of the big challenges we have here is probably the bias. So there's a lot of bias uh, against everybody and everybody is having biases about everybody, let's be honest. But when it comes to people that are a little bit older in the workforce, there's a lot of bias. Like they will take more days uh, off. They will be sick more often. They, you know, won't be as flexible, et cetera, et cetera. I think this is a really big one that we should tackle. Yeah. And in that sense, I'm sorry, one last thing. In that sense, I think the, the... that there lies a beautiful role for HR to be the role model in that sense and to think about, you know, how they can, how they can be the ones that spread the example in that sense. Sorry, Trevor. No, no, no. I I, I was just going to say that you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the good news <laughs> from our perspective is that there are some progressive employers who are starting to realize all of the things that you just said. And that, as Victoria has has made a career of you know um reminding them it's a terrible waste of talent to have that sense of our older workforce is a problem it isn't a problem anyway just to reinforce what you were saying i'm very interested you you talked a bit about the ups and downs and your journey I'm, i'm curious looking back whether there's anything you would have done differently anything that you uh, can share with our listeners as a, a little nugget from your journey. Yeah, so I, I, when I was talking earlier, I thought like, okay, so now I've basically shared about the challenges and I haven't really shared, you know, whether or not there was going to be a happy ending to the story. So now looking back <laughs> on it, um, so to answer your question, what I would have done differently, yes, I would have definitely saved myself the misery of that year staying in in, in the city of London. I would have really, really spared myself that and uh, made the, the jump a lot earlier um, because what happened in the end, uh, contrary to what all my former colleagues believed, is that I found myself a couple of years later 
uh, working way less hours, enjoying what I was doing. And, and this is something I had never even expected, making a lot more money as well than I was when I was working in finance. Bear in mind, I was not working for Goldman Sachs or something like that, right? But uh, so all is relative. But even me, I had not seen that coming. Um, so what I really wanted to, hopefully this message for people, I mean, it can be way much better than you can even imagine. Because I would have never imagined when I resigned that day, well, now it's actually even, it's almost, it's eight years later, that eight years later, I would be speaking to the both of you in a podcast, you know, because I'm now doing things in the world of HR and the future of work. What would I would never even imagine that. So this is just, this goes to show that you have no idea, but a lot of things really are possible if you just take that first step and then just experiment like I worked for several startups in London you know that wasn't the right thing for me but they were all valuable experiences and at some point you will find something that is actually going to be okay yes um, and I think another thing perhaps as well is don't be afraid to do it again so I don't I don't think that this is the end station for me right so but I know that if I'm going to do a similar thing again that I will do it I will make that jump a lot earlier than I did back then and I also know that something fantastic will then come after that yes cheers Nayli um fantastic and I think that bit about uh what did you say just take the first step and experiment that's very much what we're trying to say we have quite a lot of people they've been in firms they've been in one company for maybe 30 years so it's a big step by then but and they say how do we deal with failure and rejection and we say it's only failure and rejection if you set yourself up for that but if you say I'm going to try something experiment see what works and what doesn't and learn from it then it's just having a go and trying it out oh that's so brilliant actually Nelly, what we should do is allow you just to say what you do in terms of do you want to mention about your podcast and what you're doing so if people want to go and sort of listen to more of your uh, ideas in the future of work where do they go oh yeah uh, sure so um yeah currently what I do is everything is really related to indeed the world of work uh, HR uh, in particular and so I um, get to host a podcast for the Academy to Innovate HR AIHR and the podcast is called All About HR and um, there I, I, I talk with people um, yeah from all sorts of companies from all over the world and we talk about topics that hopefully are uh, you know, a bit fresh, a bit new and innovative as well. So we had Victoria on the show. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I do. Uh, I also regularly write articles as again about topics related to that. And uh, I often, uh, often, every once in a while, I also get to speak at events or host events, uh, always still related to, yeah, the world of work, recruitment, what is, what is happening, what should we do? Um, so yeah. Brilliant. And I think, am I right? You have 150,000 followers, Nayli. Is that right? Yes, the LinkedIn page of AIHR does have a, uh, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Well done. Well done for that. Well, Nayli, thank you so much for this. We've really enjoyed that. And it's really refreshing having somebody younger thinking the long term and thinking more widely about HR and where we need to change and where the opportunities are. So, Thank you so much for being a wonderful guest for us and um, please stay in touch with us and we will catch up with you perhaps in a couple of years that, or a year or two to hear where you're going next. So good luck with what you're doing. Thank you, Naila. Great to meet you. Thank you. Bye. You know what? That was really interesting and, and, and inspiring for a different reason mm. that 
the journey that she went through is the same journey. It is absolutely. It's just that she she jumped early, mm. and you know all of the messages about you know finding purpose. Yep. About experimentation. Yep. About not listening to the naysayers. Yep. Who tell you you must be mad you know what are you thinking yeah <laughs> and you know to try things out and see where it takes you all of that you know it, it's the same journey uh, <laughs> she just started it you know a few years or quite a few years earlier than mm. the most of our uh, our guests i think the challenge for hr people is i mean we're now working with a lot aren't we and mm. i think gosh they've got so many things on their plate yeah. But actually to get your head out of the day to day, you know, appraisals, if they, anybody does them anymore. But, uh, you know, the, the pay reviews, the cost of living crisis. Are we looking after employees? There's sort of a, a huge amount on your plate on a day to day basis. So to step back and think the world's changing here and we've got to change with it requires quite a lot of headspace, which I'm not sure people have had. You know, COVID required, you know, HR was right on the front line with all of that. Yeah. And I think it's really hard for them to take time just to think, what, what does all of this look like? What should we be doing? I mean, I thought it was interesting because Naomi said one of the things for HR was just the awareness of the 50 plus generation. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about we have um, a professional services retirement forum where we've got professional firms sharing what they're doing. Um, to help partners. So this is a very different market from, you know, things like our retirement platform, the, the Rethink Retirement is very different. That's for every employee. And whichever you were one of the speakers and there was um, a partner from Boston, from a law firm, talking about the whole retirement process. And I was really impressed with one HR director who said, thank you so much for sharing the honest truth about how you felt in this. I had no idea this is how partners feel about retirement. And she was quite shocked. And she said, I have made a lot of assumptions, I realise now. Now, if you don't know there's an issue that you ought to explore, you're not going to take the time to go and ask people, tell me how you feel, etc. Yeah. You won't do a questionnaire, you won't do a survey, you know, you won't, you won't even think to ask the questions if you assume, which is what I think she was saying, I've just assumed that people really look forward to taking a break resting and yeah. then you know don't want to bother them companies generally i don't want to bother people when they retire and we just were on a call this morning with 750 employees and it was perfectly clear they want to be bothered they haven't even got there yet and they're anticipating i want to be bothered by my old firm um, yeah. and i think i think there's a whole bunch of insights here and i'm just sort of thinking you know and ever the entrepreneurial brain going how do we help people to understand all of this i mean hopefully yeah. some of the podcasts and things will help but yeah. there's such a lot to take in and i don't think a lot of it's been a priority for them yeah you're right we i mean she she talked about bias and there clearly is some yeah. bias yeah but there are also um all sorts of assumptions that not not just hr people but, but people in corporate life make mm. and and it's true that for some people stopping work and 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 kicking back is a is a relief a blessed relief yeah. but for awful lot of people um they still feel that they have something to contribute yeah. that they are they want to be you know physically and mentally active um you know we're all living longer people want to have something purposeful and fulfilling to do 
And as we said, there's a bit of a wake up call amongst progressive (laughs) employers that there's a huge opportunity to help people in those situations where they don't want to kick back. Thank you very much. You know, they're not they're not done yet. No, but also I've seen and I, you know, clearly I've been focusing on all of this. So I watch carefully every time somebody says, you know, I'm stuck working and then see what happens. And I think there's been too much emphasis for a lot of people. They've they are I call it the planes and trains syndrome. Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, they're in meetings, they have to get on trains at five in the morning. Somebody said about Mumbai Airport at three o'clock in the morning, and they kind of go, What am I doing? This is ridiculous. So they want to stop that ridiculousness of their lives that they feel at the time. And they just don't stop to think, what next? What will fill the gap there? So they're completely focused on, I'm exhausted, I'm knackered, I'm just, I can't do this anymore. I want to stop. And the the problem is that you might enjoy the first three, six, maybe even months, months or a year or so. But at some point, I think most people then go, is this it? Is this my life for the next 30 years? And then they question, what am I going to do? I, you know, and I can't tell you how many times people say, I don't really have a reason to get out of bed, which is just so depressing. You know, you want to enjoy yeah. the day of life. So I think it's that sort of, it's it's not letting people concentrate too much on stopping, but really think about what's going to start. Anyway, we could be here all day. When you're in that position, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of, one of the reasons that was behind this podcast was to introduce people who have done amazing things yeah. after a long, uh, you know, role of full-time employment. They're amazing, but not even amazing, but they've just done... Amazing in their own way. Yeah, but it's just interesting, you know, how they reshape things and what they can help share with others about it. So if you've enjoyed listening to Nayli, Nayli is a bit different from normal because we normally are talking to people who are a little bit older, quite a lot older actually, uh, about their transition, if you like, about how they've shaped this later stage of their life and what they're doing and their tips and insights. Then go to our website, next-up.com. There are lots of tips, blogs, stories, insights, um, loads of video stories sharing people's tips and what they've done and how they did it. And they also share their fears and the things that didn't really work out so well. Um, and come and join us. Yeah, we um, would very much like you to join us for our next guest. All of our guests have been absolutely fascinating, yeah. I think. Very different. But uh, do join us and uh, check out the website, next-up.com. Don't forget the hyphen. And we'll see you next time.